It's time for another edition of Riverland Footy Folklore brought to you by BJR Painting Services who can provide all of your interior and exterior painting needs anywhere in the Riverland. Please check out their Facebook site for more details. Our guest today is a man who played much larger than his small stature, a four-time state country rep, four-time zone rep and three-time A-grade premiership player and also a Willis medalist. Damien Stevens, welcome aboard mate. Thanks Nick, thanks for coming down the hill, it's good to see you. No worries mate, always a pleasure to come down to Wakery. Um, Oh, that's not bad for a little fella from Ranella. Good little rhyme there. Yeah, <laughs> fella from Ranella. Yeah, that's, that, that's the first time I've ever heard that one. But yeah, no, it's good. I might use it from now on. Um, yeah, no, look, you play footy for a long enough time and um, you get to go a few places and do a few things. So um, technically, I'm actually from Hackham West. So yep. um, Ranella was just my junior club. But yeah, not down southy at heart. Mm. Yep. I was going to ask you about that. So you started down in the southern suburbs. and So what was it like for you and your, and your brother Shane growing up? Um, oh, look, it was uh, it was tricky, but, um, you know, coming from a single-parent home and, um, yeah, living at Hackham West, it, it, it comes across as, as a bit of a low socioeconomic area and um and it probably was but it sort of made us what we are today you know mum could quite often work two or three jobs to to keep footy boots on our on our feet and um you know we loved it it was just a real open area we had good mates in our street so when we weren't at school or riding our bikes to school we were kicking the footy on the front yard and um taking hangers over each other and and playing cricket in the summer so um yeah, no, we, we didn't know any different. We just felt like we were like everyone else, I guess, mm. just very competitive between ourselves and our, our street at sport. And Shane's the older brother, is that Shane's right? older, yep. Yeah. So despite popular belief, not just in the Riverland, but everywhere else, we're, we're not twins. I think I actually reported that in the Pioneer last <laughs> uh, Not just you, many, many people have done it. And um, yeah, so no, Shane's 18 months older. Yeah. And, so uh, did he look after you as a, as a little brother? Um, not necessarily. <laughs> Um, no, he did. We, we've actually always been really close. I guess that's where probably people think that we're twins because we do a lot together and we had a lot of similar friends and um, friend groups and um, with a similar age. Yeah, I guess he, not just Shane, but like his older friends sort of tended to look, look out for me a bit as well, which was which was good. Yeah. Mm. So you tasted some early success with uh, Ranella um, with your footy that led to South Adelaide to come calling pretty early. What are your memories of how that came about? Um, right place, right time, really. Um, Ranella is the wine flies, black and white, much like Waycree. Um, just a lot of my friends that I went to um, high school with were playing there, and um, obviously, when you play footy, you want to play with your mates, and mm-hmm. so that took us there. And it just was a case of right place, right time because, um, yeah, basically, from the time I landed there as a probably about a 12 year old at that point. Um, we didn't lose a game of footy until um, yeah, I went to South Adelaide and yep. um, yeah, it was a really good time. You know, I think my under 15 team at the time ended up having two or three guys drafted to the AFL and um, another four or five of us pushed on and played league football. So there wouldn't be too many clubs that would have one junior side that have done that. But um, most of all, it was just a really tight group. Like the, the, the A and B grade weren't doing really good at the time, but um, we had a really tight knit group and a lot of them are still there that actually went on to play A grade footy there and probably brought that success Ranella had lacked for a little while and they're still involved with it now and you know yeah, they've probably won three or four premierships and um, yeah, it was an awesome club, family orientated, there was always kids running around a bit like Wakeree and um, yeah just really happy times you know, three premierships I think I had there and yeah. um, just a lot of happy memories and yeah. Excellent. 
Um, didn't take long for the state selectors to take notice either. You made the under 15, under 17 squads for South Australia. So how did you go up against the state's best players for your age group? Um, yeah, not too bad. It was um, I was actually a bit of a slow starter. Um, sort of from that early age, Shane was always identified as the as a good footballer and he was in the under 12 squad and um, he went on and played in the under 15 team as well, captained by um, Nick Gill from Renmark. Mm-hmm. And, um, but it wasn't really till under 15s that I sort of, I don't know, maybe clicked a little bit and um, I was always in the, the South LA development squads at 12s and 13s and 14s, but I was, I was probably more that 21st, 22nd player picked and then, um, yeah, I don't know, maybe something just clicked with me and I tried a bit harder and, um, yeah, got recognised and, and got the trial and play uh, play the games and it was good. It was interesting. It sort of brings the best out, I think, in you when you're playing against the better footballers, it almost makes you um, on edge and make you try a bit harder. So, you know, you have your poor games as well. But, um, yeah, I never sort of felt above out of depth or above my head but um it was definitely some tricky football going on yeah and like got had the opportunity to play against some great footballers that yeah went on to afl and and further so well i was going to mention that because you mentioned those three guys that uh, got drafted to the afl from your your time Mm. down in manila were you ever close to getting drafted was your name bandied around a little bit or um no i wouldn't have said close no um i remember Greg Anderson was my coach, my second coach when I got into the seniors at South and as a, I think I was about 19, I just sort of found my way a little bit and, and was more consistently in the league side and um, ended up sort of being in the first ruck group, sorry, on baller group I should say, definitely not ruck, um, and started to string a bit of good footy together and um, yeah, Ando came into the weights room to have a chat with me uh, one day and sort of said that um, yeah, Port had rang the club and 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 sort of just asked questions, but um, yeah, like that's probably as, as big an approach as as it was. Um, by the end of the year, I hurt my knee and needed an operation, and probably didn't finish off as as well as I'd started. So mm-hmm. um, that probably had him look <laughs> look in other places. But um, yeah, so that's probably as as far as it really got. Yeah, um, that's a pretty exciting thing uh, to to even be mentioned by an AFL club or in their thoughts as. Is um, yeah, very exciting. For yeah, you, yeah, it was. I mean, I, I never seriously thought I was I was ever going to get drafted. But mm-hmm. growing up as kids, you know, we followed this sort of film, and to us, that was, you know, that was the elite and upper epsilon. So to actually get to play league footy for me was was mm-hmm. really exciting, and what yep. I'd always goal to do. And you know, if I got to go further, that would have been great too. And to have Greg Anderson, who was selling my brother and I, really idolised as kids, sort of coaching me and then sort of talking to me about these things was was really cool but um it, it never really sidetracked me from yeah where i was doing um yeah the only other time was probably when shane and i were playing in the juniors at south i think it was an under 19 game at footy park and um one of the guys from the i think it was geelong at the time was sort of watching our game and um sort of inquired to our coach who the two twins <laughs> twins <laughs> were out there and um sort of made mention that it's a shame they weren't a little bit bigger otherwise they might be a chance but again that's sort of you know hearsay and conversation and yeah but for me you know getting to play for South Adelaide was yeah very exciting yeah um let's go back to your first uh trial game for, for South up against uh Centrals I Centrals yep. yeah yeah that was a bit of an intimidating experience yeah <laughs> yeah um 
yeah, the, the first trial against Centrals was um, I sort of wasn't expecting to to even be looked at at league footy at that stage. I think I was maybe seventeen and. Um, yeah, I'd sort of been sitting on the bench and waiting and waiting and um, finally the phone call came down from Canapgarth that I got to go on the field just before half time and ran out to the, my position, a goal had just been kicked and I was sort of walking backwards to the half forward flank where I was standing and um, just felt an absolute thud in the back of my shoulders and, yep. and neck and it sort of shunted me forwards, I was probably only weighing about 60 kilo at the time so it wouldn't have taken much and <laughs> I turned around to this gruff voice and it was Scott Lee um, just coming back from the Crows and he was sort of maybe ending his career there and probably a bit grumpy about it. And um, yeah, basically, in, in, I won't use the words he used, but basically suggested I should watch where I'm going, otherwise I was going to lose my head. <laughs> so yeah, that was the first memory of uh, stepping out with the big boys. Yeah, yeah I was gonna, That's a pretty rough way to come out into your first game. It's, uh, yeah. Did you cop much more after that or was it pretty... Uh, for the day, um, no, nah, not really... I mean, it happened a lot. Back back then, it was, it was what happened. The older guys mm. were very protective of their spots and um, were always, you know, intimidation was something you could use back then, not so much these days, but um, it didn't necessarily happen too much that day. But, you know, playing against your Port Magpies, um, Nords, guys like that, um, Westies had a couple of big fellas there. Um, yeah, they didn't mind sort of trying to intimidate you. I think if I always sort of try not to let it, show that it bothered me even if it did because I thought if I show any kind of fear or intimidation they'll continue on with it so I just sort of would always do it with a grin or um, just ignore it altogether so and I was also lucky enough to have um, some pretty good close mates that were a lot bigger than me at the time and a bit older that if they saw it happening were pretty quick to jump to my uh, um, to my aid you know guys like Jason Gaskin and Ben Nyland and guys like that, they were a lot bigger than me and um, Southies through and through and yeah, they're always there watching out for you. So you were never too, a lot of it was uh, smoke and wind more than anything. So yeah. Um, sure. yeah. <laughs> um, your first actual league game, um, you match up against Troy Lehman. Yeah, so um, luckily I didn't have to stand him. Um, so I wasn't a direct match up, but I do remember on the Thursday night team meeting after selection, sort of sitting there and you highlight the guys that um, match-ups to watch and stuff like that. And at that point, yeah, Lima had just come back from the AFL. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, yeah, that year he, from memory, halfway through the season, he was winning the McGarry medal. Um, that's how good a season he was having. And my, my first game was round one, so that was precursor, I guess. But um, yeah, I just remember seeing the name Lehman on the board and getting out there and he had an absolute field day he was carving it up and um you could just see he was another level above like it was just a shame that he had the illness and injuries that he had because um yeah i still believe he's one of the best silkiest footballers i've ever seen in across my time and um yeah it was it was a pleasure watching him but i would have preferred i always preferred playing with him i was gonna yeah. say you got that pleasure later on in your life which is which is pretty good yeah um, you're obviously quite talented though, because you won the the Brown Cup for the reserves best and fairest twice, ninety five and uh, ninety nine and two thousand and five. But how many league games did you end up playing for South? Do you know I, I've been asked that a couple of times. I can't just remember exactly how many league games I played. I think it sat around fifty. So what about a split between the two? Um, league and reserves. Yeah, it was probably a third and two thirds, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, yeah. and it sort of followed me here to the Riverland. I've always had a lot of injuries and um, for a time there, for every 
every league game I played or every game I played, I was probably missing two or three with knee operations, ankle operations, osteopubis, torn hamstrings, um, concussions, you name it. I just sort of, it followed me. Um, And being a guy my size, it was always a bit harder to get back. Like, it didn't matter how good a footy you were playing at the time at league level, once you had an injury and if you missed a sustained period, I'd always have to work my way back through the reserves and, yeah, and, yeah. and play a good block of footy, you know, eight weeks, ten weeks of consistent footy before I get looked at again. Yeah. Um, whereas the taller guys, you know, their key positions, you know, they're like hen's teeth and so they were always able to get in there back. But um, I didn't begrudge it and it sort of drove me, I guess. But, yeah, unfortunately I missed a lot of... That's must have been frustrating though. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, no, 100% it was. And there was times there where you sort of wondered why you were still going out to do your pre-seasons and, um, and stuff like that. But I just sort of took it on board as it's, it's part of the game. You know, we play a physical game and um, you've got to be tough to be out there at, at any level and putting up with it. And so you just sort of, yeah, grit your teeth and bear it. And, um, yeah, I just sort of had goals, you know. I wanted to reach certain things and, and that sort of drove me, I suppose, yeah. yeah. You played at a club at a time when there was some pretty... I mean, South weren't overly successful, but there were some pretty talented players. Andrew Osborne, I think, would have yeah. been around your time. Yeah, Ozzy was Mark only maybe yeah. at, the, at the start. Uh, just missed out on Niles, um, but I had him as an assistant coach, yeah. um, and he was fantastic. But, yeah, um, Andrew Osborne was, was unreal um, mm-hmm. to work with um, and play with. Uh, you know, you had uh, Gary Cameron, who... He was there just as I was starting and he'd come back from Geelong and, mm-hmm. you know, he played with Gary Ablett and guys like that. And, and to this day, he was probably the one senior midfielder that would take guys like me under his wing and spend a lot of time with us about okay. uh, about how to play footy and, and, you know, where to put yourself as an on-baller and, um, you know, how to protect yourself being slight of frame. And, um, yeah, Gary was excellent, but... Um, you know, I played with a lot of excellent footballers. Ryan Griffin was unreal. You know, as a 16, 17-year-old playing league footy, he was just, uh, you could see he was going to go a long way. And, um, yeah, so there was plenty of them. Um, yeah, yeah, plenty went on to AFL. And a lot were coming back from AFL, you know. Mm-hmm. I learned as much from one season that Nathan Toovey was at the club back from Hawthorne um, than sort of anyone, you know. He <laughs> he pulled me up one day and when we were doing circuit work and he's like, well, you know, why are you running around like a greyhound following the footy? You know, be smart and start to look at the pattern of play and, and don't keep chasing until you catch it, like preempt it and get sort of one or two kicks ahead of the play and, mm-hmm. um, yeah, save myself a lot of Ks doing that and that was just learning from, a you know, a great footballer. Mm. Yeah. And I imagine there would have been some big personalities at the club. Ryan Fitzgerald comes to mind. Yeah, yeah, he... Um, <laughs> What you see is what you get with Fitzy. He um, he actually he arrived at the club the same year um, I made my league debut, and so it was it was a fun time right from work going. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he's just a larrikin. Like what you see on the TV, what you see on here in the radio is what Ryan is. Um, and like you didn't know whether to laugh or cry with him because it was just it was just nonstop. Yeah. yeah. Jared Bennett, another one. Yeah, Jared was um, he was a character as well. Um, he'd come back from time at Geelong in Sydney, and um, he was an interesting fella. You know, like he um, very good footballer, very um, disciplined and that, but just like had a laugh at the same time. He was one of those few that could. You know, obviously you want to you want to win games and take it seriously, but he could find that line where you didn't overstep the mark. But um, you know, and he was a different cat as well. He he ahead of manscaping and stuff like that. He he was all into it. Like he was the first guy I met that was right into 
Um, he was even getting his eyelashes tinted and you know, spray tans left, right and centre. And um, I remember he had the blonde mop when he was playing at Sydney. He had the blonde mop, yeah. Mm. Um, and that sort of followed him because he was, uh, I guess you'd call it strawberry blonde or, <laughs> or, or redhead. But um, no, nah, he always had the blonde locks. But mm. um, with his pasty white skin, the minute he got his eyelashes tinted and that, um, <laughs> I came to training one night a bit late. Um, I used to work at Strathalm, so it was a bit of a drive. And... Um, I got in there one day and was getting my ankle strapped and Benno was on the bench next to me and um, I looked at him and he sort of looked at me like I was about to take the mickey out of him and I was like, have you got two black eyes? Did you get billed on the weekend? And he's like, oh yeah, yeah, real funny Steve, like good one. I'm like, no, seriously, like, what's going on there? Did you get billed on the nose? He's like, are you serious? I've I've had my eyelash tin, I can't tell. <laughs> and, oh, I just lost it. But that, that was just like, he, he, I don't think he was offended, but he was surprised that I hadn't noticed and complimented on how good they looked. So that's the kind of guy he was. Yeah, he was, um, he was just funny. But he, for a guy that to come back from the AFL, he was just so approachable. And mm. he was one of those guys that treated the, the newest guys like you treat the 200 gamers. And it was yeah. um, he set the precedent for that and just a, a real leader as well. Yeah. Excellent. Um, did you play in many grand finals in your time with the Panthers? Um, only the two reserves ones. Um, we never, we always, in the league, we always finished like percentage out of the final. So we, ne- like, South Adelaide haven't played a grand final since 79 and haven't won one since 64. Yeah, I'm a Panthers supporter. You are, <laughs> so you're feeling the pain that I do. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, never actually got to play in the league ones. But, yeah, the two reserves ones we played in, one we went in as favourites. The other one we sort of scrapped through and made a grand final from probably third or fourth spot, I think. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, unfortunately didn't win either of them. Um, one of those you had a... Bit of an unfortunate mishap, by the sounds. Yeah, not so much a mishap as a... Um, well, if you conclude a full forward deliberately dropping his knee on the back of your leg uh, mishap, right. then, yeah, so <laughs> in 1999, um, yeah, we made the grand final against Sturt and um, beat got over Port by a point in the prelim, which was just uh, one of the best games of footy I've ever played in as a, as a group. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like five minutes in, things were going really well. I was lucky enough to get a bit of the footy early and um, as a team we were tracking really great and then um, yeah, sort of flooded back with the footy into the back line at one point and um, the ball come in and there was a contest and the crumb came down and I, I picked the footy up and spun around and I, I remember firing a hand pass out to uh, Sam Marnie and I still remember it vividly, actually, and next thing you know, I just felt this big body into the back of me, and, um, yep. yeah, the stirred full forward at the time, dropped his knee in the back of my leg, and, yeah, broke my leg, and um, it wasn't, like, a severe break. At first, I sort of felt like it was just a real deep corky, and I actually tried to run around for another four or five minutes on it and just wow. to sort of wear it off and, and keep going because it was early in the game, but then the runner could see me hop, hopping around like an old woman, and, um, yeah, they, you know, I ran off the field, and... Yeah, from the time I stopped and the trainers and doctors looked at it and, you know, by the time it cooled down, I tried to run again and, I, yeah, I couldn't even put my foot on the ground. So, yeah, yeah it turned out I had a break in the, one of my leg bones, lower leg bones, and um, I think it was a tibia. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, that was my day done. So I had to watch the rest of the grand final from the bench, yeah. so Pretty heartbreaking stuff. It was because... Looking back, it was probably our biggest chance to win one. Um, but then by quarter time... Um, one of the other midfielders, Tori's Hammy, um, our centerman, Sam Money, Tori's Hammy in the second quarter, 
and our number one ruckman um, did a driver or a groin, so we were actually well short. And Sturt's credit, they were bloody good that day too. But yeah, no, between breaking my leg and yeah, just watching those other injuries and watching it all unfold, it wasn't a it wasn't a fun day. Yeah, yeah I bet. Mm. Are you listening to Riverland Footy Folklore brought to you by BJR Painting Services? We're here with Damien Stevens. Steve-O, at the end of 2005, you just won your second reserves, best and fairest, but you decided to move from South Adelaide up to the Riverland. So what brought that on? Um, oh, a few different things. Like, I, at that point, I was sort of, what was I, 25, 26, and um, I put a fair bit of time, you know, I'd been playing senior footy there since 97, and um, a lot of that time I was a carpenter working out of Strathalbyn first doing my apprenticeship then working there and so you know I was travelling up an hour a day minimum for work and then during the pre-seasons combining for you know maybe up to eight trainings a week on top of that mm-hmm. um, at the time I was probably the only one that didn't have an office job I wasn't at uni or playing footy full time and it was tough um, Robert Pyman was my coach at the time and um the number one reason I play footy is because I love it and I and I enjoy it. And under Pies, to be honest, I probably lost a little bit of that enjoyment. Um, he was a very intense character, um, straight down the line, um, and probably couldn't, from, from my mind, couldn't see the fun in football as well. And maybe the pressure of not winning as many games as, as we should have was getting to him as well. But... Um, you know, that was that was the biggest catalyst. The, the other one being that in 2005, like you said, I, I won the reserves best and fairest and um, won it by a fair bit in the end. And so I felt like I was playing good footy. Um, com- um, I was very consistent. Um, I was kicking goals, um, doing everything they'd asked me to do, but I just wasn't getting the opportunities that some of the other guys that they brought over from Victoria were getting and mm-hmm. um, those guys weren't necessarily playing great footy but it was almost like the club were too scared to drop them because they were recruited. But that was a problem for South throughout those 2000s, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, it was and, and being a born and bred Southie local, um, you sort of got glazed over and that was always one of the excuses they'd give you. Mm-hmm. Um, I did play league footy that year, I think I played seven or eight games but I was used as a tagger, um, never really given the opportunity just to play midfield and try and um yeah do what i what i always did um and that again that wasn't even something that bothered me i I just loved in fact tagging that year probably taught me more about midfield than ever just playing midfield you know i stood some of the best footballers to play the game you know marco bello matty slade tim weatherald um jeremy clayton um yeah um brett backwell um guys like that they were phenomenal footballers and the run and play with them I actually enjoyed that and when I got on top of them I enjoyed it even more but um, you know there were some games I'd, I'd shut them out of a game and get the best players and I'd be dropped the next week yeah. and um, yeah I guess I just got a little bit I don't know if I'd call it bitter but maybe disgruntled with how it was all going and um, felt like I probably deserved more of an opportunity and mm-hmm. um, yeah and then you know through that time my brother was already up here playing. He came, came up in 04, is 04, right? yep. yep. Um, so his partner, Leah, was teaching up here and mm-hmm. he was working up here and, and had decided to play. And like right from even back then, you know, Craig Griffiths and guys like that were calling me all the time and saying g'day and touching mm-hmm. base with me. And um, they just made you feel really welcome and, and wanted. And, um, you know, they, they didn't just sell the club to you, they sold the community. And, um, 
I came up for a couple of times to watch games and you just felt right at home straight away and um, all of a sudden that just felt like the right thing to do. I'd, I'd given it my best shot at that level and um, you know I had no regrets, injuries or, or, or so forth. And um, yeah, got to the end of the 05 season and um, I don't know, just got up one morning and pre-season at South had started and yeah, I, the club rang me and said, you know, where are you? And I hadn't got the training yet and instead of sort of ringing back and going in for meetings and pursuing that, I ended up picking up the phone and calling um, calling the footy club, Way Cree, and saying, look, you know, if, if it's still okay, I'd love to come up and have a kick up here. So, I'm sure that was welcome news to their ears, mate. Um, yeah, maybe. I'm sure they get sick of me as, as much as anyone else. But, um, yeah, no, and as it turns out, it was a, a great move. You know, it's the best thing that sort of happened to me. And um, Mum's I'm, moved up here as well. Yeah, Mum's yeah. up here now as well, um, working at the high school. And, you know, so that, you know, we're only a small family, so, you know, those close to us are here and um yeah you know i run a business up here and um i live around the corner from my brother and you know mum's around another corner and i've made you know so many lifelong friends and really close friends and um married a local girl and mm-hmm. um you know shout out to Haley. i should actually mention her name not to say a local girl but <laughs> um yeah so like a lot of wonderful things have happened since so it's been a great move yeah yeah it didn't take you long for you to make your mark on the competition, but in your first season with Wakery, Shane wins the uh, the Bliss Medal after the heartbreak of yeah. 04, where he was uh, ineligible. I imagine that was a really proud moment for you as well. Yeah, absolutely. You know, he um, he's a bit f- more fiery than I am, and um, <laughs> and he got sick of it one day the year before I got up here. Um, actually, it wasn't the year before the heartbreak. The year before was. He got cleaned up in um, probably unsportsmanlike circumstances. I'll leave it at that against Barmer and um, had his jaw severely broken. That's and right. um, at that point, I think he was leading the medal that year. Mm. And um, he got back just in time to play finals, and they won the premiership. So it wasn't all doom and gloom, but it was um, there was that sort of negative point to the season. So to, yeah. to bounce back like he did, and um, yeah, he was phenomenal that year, just unstoppable, and um, yeah, it was thoroughly deserved. So he, um, yeah, it was a keg walk in the end, I think. Yeah, nice to play alongside your brother in that midfield too, I'd imagine. Yeah, it was. Like, um, we're very, we're similar in a lot of ways, but I think in footy, where we played different as well, if that makes mm. sense. So um, we both brought different things to the table, um, but yeah, so it was always fun you know helping each other out so like if he was getting tagged one day you know i'd try and protect him at stoppages so he could get out and and he'd always try and do the same for me when it was my turn and um so those sort of things we sort of think similarly in those ways so that was fun but yeah no he played some amazing footy that year and like he did pretty much every year he played a grade up here and um yeah got the got the accolades that year so Mm -hmm. um you were picked for the uh I think it was the Murray Mallee Barrier side back in 07. Yeah. I think it's what it was called back then. Yeah, it was um, a long name. <laughs> yeah. uh, something you went on to do on a number of occasions and you you're named Player of the Championships too in that, that first year. I imagine that was um, quite a thrill. Yeah, it was um, unexpected. Yeah, yeah, so I love playing in those games like and any young guys, if they want to really test themselves, I always encourage them to have a go at it. But association, zone footy, state country, if you have a go, put your hand up, do it. Um, And yeah, so when I got picked that year, um, we weren't the strongest side that year. We had a number of our probably stronger Riverland players decide to uh, not play that year and um, and made it really tough. But, you know, myself, Krug's, uh, Peter Safralides, uh, Michael Arnold, um, guys like that that sort of played a lot of association zone footy through that time. Like we, 
we had a good core group there and uh, a lot of young guys and um, yeah, we managed to knock off Air Peninsula in the first game, which was first time we beaten Air Peninsula in apparently ten years or so, and yeah, okay. um, yeah managed to get a few kicks early and um, got beaten by Central's the second game. But again, um, just playing with better players sometimes brings out the best in you, I guess. And um, I was just enjoying it, and um, yeah, then on the last day we played off for fifth and sixth, I think, against the Southeast, and again, luckily enough, had a couple of touches and. Um, I hung around after the game, the rest of the Riverland went back on the bus and I hung around because a lot of my mates from Rinella and back home were playing um, in the grand final. So I hung around to watch them and um, and have a beer with them at the end of the day. And I, it, was, it was lucky I did because I was in the, at the presentations that day and um, got named in the state country team for the first time. But I didn't even know there was an award for player of the carnival at the time. I'd, I was just there to catch up with my mates and <laughs> have a couple of frothies. Anyway, I was having a, yeah having a few frothies and a chinwag with uh, Josh Vick and um, Andrew Backman and, and guys like that. And next thing you know, they're, they're naming the player of the championships and they named a couple of blokes that were runners up. And yeah, I wasn't sort of paying attention. And then they called my name out, and I wasn't actually sure why they were calling my name out, but. Yeah, I got um, got awarded that that year, and it was yeah really exciting. And I think the premier of the state at the time was actually the one handing over the trophy. And um, yeah, just a, quite nice. Yeah, another thing that sort of comes your way here and there when you don't expect it. And um, yeah, and I was a little bit chuffed actually. Unfortunately, I was sort of driving home from Port Perry back to Aberfoyle Park at the time, and um, on my own, I drove up on my own that weekend, and sort of had a bit of a bit of a grin on my face the whole way because <laughs> yeah. it was just. It was just unexpected, yeah, so uh, it was exciting. Excellent. Um, you represent not only the Riverland but the zone with pride, but I imagine there have, well, I've heard there were a few naughty times on those trips away with, with some of the boys taking a little bit too far. Yeah, that, yeah, night. yeah, there's always, um, it's a tricky one because um, it's when you get a bunch of guys together that, um, you know, they get along and, yeah. and you're taken away from their home environment <laughs> for a weekend, it's sort of hard to keep tabs on everyone. But um, that year in particular, there was a number of guys that because we weren't playing for first and second or even third and fourth for that matter. Um, that tends to happen, that fifth v sixth game. They, yeah. They rock up a bit uh, yeah. shady the next day. They do. And... Um, Unfortunately, the the log cabins, I think it was named the place we were staying at, was directly across the road from a pub. And um, <laughs> a couple of the boys thought it would be a good idea to, you know, just go over and have a couple of quiet schooners and have an early night. But, you know, five or six schooners turn to pints, pints turn to late nights. And, yeah, there's probably eight or nine guys at least that um, didn't quite get to bed for that long. And there was one in particular that I don't think even got, <laughs> got to bed. In fact, as we were getting on the team bus to head to the Oval at, I think, 8 o'clock in the morning, um, he was getting dropped off by what would be his new girlfriend, I guess. <laughs> so, uh, you know, he, he didn't win the grand final, but he, um, you know, he, he made headways another way. So, yeah. <laughs> Best off field. Yeah. Uh, good stuff, mate. Um, the same year, you were part of Wakery's fourth premiership in seven seasons, but you're first at the club and yeah. and you were named uh, best on ground in that grand final um, at Loxton. must have been quite a day for you. Yeah, it was. Um, that's my first senior grand final win anywhere. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, still sticks in my mind as, um, you know, quite strongly. And, yeah, it was it was a great day. You know, we, we had really good uh, games against Loxton all year. Um, they won a couple, we won a couple. Um, and to play them on their home turf. They won. The, did they win the second semi? Is that right? No, we... Uh, that... No, we won it that year. Yep. yep. So we went straight into the grand final. Um, Deanie was a really good player manager and sort of 
Darren, Darren Dean, Dean yeah, yep. um, looked after the guys that are a bit sore and mm-hmm. just got us into that first, not just, we got into the finals, but then like managed to rest guys where he needed to, so we are pretty fresh going into that first final. And mm-hmm. um, Yeah, it was a tough game. I think we only won by a couple of goals. I, I don't even think it was goal in that three-quarter time in the prelim, uh, in that first final, sorry, but come grand final day, yeah, it was just some altogether different. Maybe that extra week off helped. Um, I know not many teams have won it from that um, prelim final, but um, everything just clicked, you know, and um, right from that first bounce, actually I wouldn't even say from the first bounce because um, Ash Montgomery kicked a goal from the centre circle in the first uh, first kick of the game, mm. um, just unleashed, you know what he's like, kick a footy and yeah. one bounce, bounced over Ben Kayser and I think Jamal Little's head um, and then went straight through for a goal. Yeah. But from that point on, you know, we just, yeah, we just outrun him, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I sort of knew I was going to get tagged by Bronte Manuel um, early on in the week. Johnny Matthews obviously working at the council. Um, Bronte's mum, he probably didn't, didn't need to know that, but Bronte's mum let the cat out of the bag that he'd sort of been told he was going to be running <laughs> with me. And, um, had a bit of time to prepare for that then. I did, yeah. And I sort of could see it coming anyway because um, Krugs was coach at Loxton and, he, I played a lot of footy with Krugs at South, and he sort of knew me, and um, so and he put Bronte on me a couple of times that year already, and um, Bronte was really young and fit, and so I knew I was going to have to sort of cover some ground and get on top of him, and um, yeah, but like Deanie was really smart too. Like I started on the wing that day, and um, it was a bit hard to sort of lose him, but he knew I might have had him a bit more on the lead and and marking overhead, and. Um, <laughs> So he switched me to a forward flank and, and sort of encouraged me to play that third wingman kind of role, and uh, but also off the half forward. So if I wanted to go out the field, I could, but yeah. if I wanted to keep it sort of one-on-one where I could outbody him, I could do that as well. And um, that sort of switched the game for me. And um, But, you know, all 21 blokes that played that day, probably not one of them lost their position. It was that kind of day. Yeah. And, um, I just remember halfway through the last quarter, the game was pretty much won and we were having another shot at goal. And I was actually just leaning against the goalpost, like um, just taking it all in. And yeah. it's such a good feeling when it's 10 minutes to go in a game in a grand final and you can actually enjoy it for what it is. And um, yeah, I had to sort of snap out of it and go, what are you doing? <laughs> Don't lean against the goalpost, like yeah. keep playing footy. But it was, yeah, it was a magical day, yeah. Excellent. And obviously went back to back in 2008 with the, that thrilling game against Remmark. Um, where were you for Rashido's goal? Uh, I was on the goal line. Yeah, yeah. so I'd actually just... Um, got the footy on the forward flank and kicked it into him and yeah sort of followed my way through and because we knew there wasn't much time in it uh you know myself shane um tapey uh josh keller like we all sort of pushed into that forward in and around that forward 50 so if it did fall short mm-hmm. we were there as crummers but um as you could as you know the um history tells it was no needed he, he kicked the ball beautifully it didn't, it didn't fall short that's for sure no it didn't no uh, and it was a really heavy win that day too yeah. at that end um it was probably a four or five goal breeze at the time and it took all of his big thunder thighs to sink it through the <laughs> through the goals and um yeah it was an amazing kick and you know it showed ex-afl it takes mm. that kind of temperament to, to do that yeah. we well, had that big vocal remark crowd around that pocket too it was a remark here. end it really was a remark <laughs> end and um yeah they were very very vocal actually and they were probably 15 20 people deep all the way around the mm. boundary at that point and um yeah, you did. You, you heard a lot of stuff from that that corner that day. I heard some very interesting comments throughout the day. Yeah, yeah excellent. Um, in two thousand and ten, uh, probably a breakout year for yourself when you joined your brother as a, a Willis medalist. Was that your 
best year of footy and what, what are your memories of the actual count itself? Um, yeah, geez, not a lot of memories from the count because I was sort of, yeah, a little bit nervous. Um, I get, it probably was my best, most consistent season since I've been in the club, um, mostly because it was probably the only season I've played that I haven't had injuries. Yep. And so I managed to get through every game, you know, some of the hammies were good, knees were good, no ankle issues. And um, I remember it probably being, as a club, we underachieved. I felt like we should have made that grand final, made a dent. Um, but just, uh, I don't know if we panicked a little bit or just choked a little bit during that finals campaign. We're at that point where there was a lot of new young blood coming through that didn't have that experience that we had in 07, 08. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, guys were finding their feet. So it was probably disappointing that we didn't go as far as what we did. Um, but, yeah, personally, I guess it was, um, yeah, it was exciting because I just, my body felt good. I, I felt good. Um, I had a really good, you know, our centre square that, that year was, you know, a good setup. You know, Craig Miller was playing really well in the ruck at that time. Ben Venning was getting in there at times as well and um, yeah it was just a fun year and um, you know I guess when you're finding the footy uh, it's even more fun and kicking a goal here and there always helps things as well so Absolutely. yeah. I guess the one bonus of not making the grand final that year is you don't have that Saturday to worry about after the Willis so you can yeah. celebrate you know, accordingly. Did, <laughs> I did have a few that year. I was sitting next to Hody, um, Brooke Hode at the count that, and Lemo was, Troy Lehman was a coach at the mm-hmm. time and um, I remember getting towards the end of the count and I'd, I'd opened up a bit of a lead and, and um, Hody is the biggest footy tragedy you could ever meet and he, he, could, he could tell you week by week, year by year, how you went that week and, um, and I remember, um, and Shane will tell you the same thing, like he'll tell you you'll get three votes this game or I remember that Steve, you, you kicked three goals and probably had 20 touches that day, you know, you'll get at least one or two a year and yeah. I don't know if it was helping me or making me more nervous, but, um, but like, yeah, he called it about three or four rounds out, and um, I don't even know how many votes I got, but um, yeah, that's about all I remember from the night. It was just a bit of a blur from then on. I had a few drinks and having to wake up the next morning to um, radio interviews and yeah. uh, feeling a bit feeling a bit rusty, but um, I would have traded it all in to made that grand final though because that was at our home deck that mm, year and right. um, oh, I would have been unreal to, to win a grand final on our home ground yeah yeah um, so did you get much more attention from the opposition after that or were you already copying it physically as yeah, well yeah I, I copped yeah I copped a fair bit since my whole my time up here um, maybe it was because Shane was already up here and um, and I know I was the brother coming up from you know South Adelaide or, or whatever but no you Copped a fair bit of attention early as well, but no, nah, that that year and the next couple of years onwards, it did probably, I don't know if it ramped up, but they were definitely aware. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, so you copped a fair bit of attention after that, yeah. Yep. Any incidents in particular that stand out? Um, well, there's plenty, but yeah, I do remember um, one game at Way Korea. I'm trying to think what year it was. It must have been, it might have been 2011 actually, and um, I'm not sure who was coaching Loxton at the time, but yeah, I always seemed to get a tagger against Loxton. There was one thing you could sort of guarantee, and, and that was going to happen. And um, that day, or that year, was a, um, a young fella called Peter Fisher, and um, he'd just come back from, I don't know if he was doing uni or something at the time, but uh, 18, 19 year old kid, fit, like, like a scum rabbit, just um, at that stage, I was probably a little bit older and grumpier, but um, that day in particular, I'm 
without knowing what the other club or the coach talks about, you sort of can pick up on it. But I was I was copping a fair bit of attention off the footy that day. So whether I was near the footy or whether I, you know, it was always after I'd handballed or kicked it three or four steps later, I was getting cleaned up with a bump or, mm-hmm. you know, being made aware that um, I was near the footy by the by the opposition. And um, anyway, I got to just before half time and. Um, sort of fight or flight response had sort of kicked in by that stage and um, I was pretty sore and sorry for myself and just before this incident I I was sort of seeing black and white and a few stars because I'd just been cleaned up by a couple of Loxton guys and I just remember getting myself up off the ground and because uh, that's one thing my papa always told me and my brother was if you get hit get back up don't show that you're sore or, or weak you know get up straight away and worry about it afterwards and so I was getting up off the ground and going right I've got to do something here because I don't know how much longer I'm going to survive if I keep <laughs> keep copping knocks. And um, I just remember thinking in my head, just protect yourself, just protect yourself. And um, the very next time a footy come out, I remember a, a ball got booted out of the back line out to the far wing and I just went sprinting out there and I could hear footsteps behind me. And I'd, in my head, I was like, I know I'm going to have to do something here. And so I've, I've picked up the footy and without thinking, I sort of turned around and Raised my arm slightly, you could say, in a round, in a left hook kind of manner, and um, <laughs> and yeah, clocked him straight on the chin, and um, yeah, <laughs> split his lip open a bit and um, put him on the ground, and but then I ended up on the ground because I had three or four Loxton guys <laughs> jumping on top of me and calling me every name under the sun, and yep. yeah, again, I probably wasn't things straight. It's not some um, I like to do. Um, but it was probably like an evener upper, I guess. And Bit of a line <laughs> in the was, sand moment. It was kind of funny, yeah, because not long after that, um, I gave the free away for too high and um, the siren went for half time and I was sort of walking off the ground a bit dazed and um, Freddie Sutton was a team manager at the time and he had run a couple of water bottles out to the umpires, as you do in the breaks. And I remember just in the background hearing him talk and um, I think it might have been Todd Charlton and maybe... Um, Rexy at the time and um, Todd turned to Rexy and go oh I don't know what happened there that's not like Steve I hear <laughs> so I think I caught them by surprise as well and that, that probably helped me maybe not get a yellow card or yeah. I, I'm not sure but didn't get a week for that one didn't get a week for that yeah, but um, yeah yeah, the young fella got a five or ten minutes off with, with the blood rule, and um, I got a break at half time. To, but you know, you caught a few knocks after that, but it, it definitely slowed down a little yeah. bit. And so I probably achieved what I needed to. to well, like you mentioned at the start, when when you're talking about when, coming up against guys like Scott Lee, just to, you know, not necessarily um, you know bite back, but at some point you get there's got to be a line in the sand. Yeah, where, yeah. yeah. If you're gonna if you're just gonna sit there and cop it, you'll always cop it, and yeah. um, you know you've got to show that you're willing to. I'm not one to, and I and I hate it in sport. People that are built from behind or mm. um, you know thug acts. Mm. I, I guess um, I'm not for that. But sometimes you got to protect yourself and stick up for yourself. Otherwise, you're just going to get trodden on. So yep. um, yeah, fight or flight. Mm. Absolutely. You got another flag in 2014. This time with your brother at the helm. Um, I imagine that was uh, pretty special as well, mate, to be coached by your brother and, and win that third flag for Wakery. Yeah, it was huge. It was huge. Um, and probably, um, not probably, we were underdogs that year, for mm-hmm. sure. Um, Barmara were up and flying and, mm-hmm. and, you know, they had an elite side at the time. And, yeah, Shane had, um, again, much like Danny, Shane's very smart with his footy brain and how he manages things and there was a couple of us older bodies that he'd, he'd rested up as best he could um, late in the season to freshen a few of us up and mm-hmm. um, 
yeah, that day was, again, it was just unreal. Barnard jumped us and um, by quarter time, they were in front, but from that point on, and I can't remember what Shane said, but I just remember looking around the group and everyone's, that steely look in everyone's eye and, you know, we weren't going to let it happen again because we'd lost a couple of grand finals leading up to that, lost a number of prelims and you could just see there was that real inner belief that, yeah, we're behind but we're not going to roll over and, um, you know, that was the day that, um, I don't know if, if we got room for another public holiday on that date but it should be Jim Thompson day. I was going to say, Jimmy Thompson um, turned it on that day. <laughs> he was amazing and, um, you know, Justin Dillersopper stepped up. That was his first A-grade flag and, yeah. um, you know, he looked like he had the belief in himself and, yeah, that last, by the last quarter we'd, we'd had the game won again sort of mm. midway through and um, I remember we just kicked another goal and, and you know, you got that big smile on your face and, and Michael Bratton jumped on my back from behind and he, yeah. you know, whispered in me, you know, we've got this, we've got this and, um, yeah, you know, to play with such good mates and, and to win a flag but to have my brother who I've always been close to as a coach and that was his first year as an A-grade coach and, um, you know, a really exciting time and I've still got a photo somewhere of... Um, in the change rooms after the game, um, still in all my playing gear, Shane in his coaching gear with the yeah. Premiership Cup. And, um, yeah, you know, that's one of those memories that will stick with me for life, yeah. So, no, that was a great day, a great day. Jimmy Thompson Day, that might take off, mate. You might have to take that to Locks and Wake Council. I'm happy to because that guy is the most underrated footballer I've ever met in my life, yeah. yeah. And if I can somehow get Jim Thompson Day up and running, <laughs> then uh, I'm all for it. He probably wouldn't like it, but I'm all for it. <laughs> no, no, definitely not. Um, just before we finish up, you, you did some work with the uh, the Kickstart team, the Aboriginal team, and uh, and some work up in the AP Wildlands, man, which I'm sure was really, really uh, rewarding for you. Yeah, no, very exciting. Um, you know, through, I don't know if it was through my time at the high school, working with Indigenous programs that sort of got my, my foot in the door there, but... Um, yeah, I was lucky enough to go to Townsville the first year as coach and then um, we went to uh, Greater Western Sydney the next couple of years um, as assistant coach to Harry Miller. Um, yeah, that was that was really good fun and, um, you know, some of those kids are just absolute athletes, just raw talent and um, there's already been a couple of them that have been drafted to um, AFL, one mm-hmm. of them, Kaziah Pickett, who's in Melbourne's team at the moment. Yeah. Um, but yeah, getting to see these young fellas and, and work with them and um, yeah, it's it's always fun. I love the coaching side of things and getting to work with the juniors and, and that's always exciting. And then yeah, to go to the APY lands like I did the last couple of years and up to Alice Springs to help with the APY football team and um, you know, when they play Central Australia, it was just, yeah, it's always fun. And again, like they love footy at a different level. Like we love football, mm-hmm. but for them up there, you know, football's life and um yeah, like untapped talent. There's so many amazing footballers up there. Not so much the defensive side of things, but yeah. some of the things they can pull off in the air and with their kicking is just unbelievable. And any time I get asked by the SNFL to do that sort of thing, I'll, I'll always put my hand up. It's um, Yeah, I learn from it as much as, you know, maybe get to impart any kind of footy wisdom on them as well. It's, um, yeah, it's great. Mm. Excellent, mate. Uh, time for our fast five. So five quick questions. Just okay. answer them as quickly and best as you can, mate. All right. All quickly. Right. Right, yeah. Here we go. Number one. Who's taller, you or Shane? I am. Yeah. By an inch. <laughs> <laughs> who's a better footballer? Uh, Shane. Yeah. Natural footballer. He's a natural footballer. Yeah. Matt or Jake Spensley? Oh, jeez. Uh, Not necessarily on football talent. Who are you going to take? Oh, God. That's tough. Um... God, Matt, Matt, Matt's on Facebook, Jake's not. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's so hard to separate, but Matt, Matt is 
a genius. He's yeah. an absolute genius. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Toughest opponent in the SNFL, example? Uh, Jeremy Clayton. Yep. Yeah. And toughest opponent in the RFL? Toughest opponent in the RFL. Um, probably, uh, yeah, Lee Kruger. Yeah, Krugs, maybe even um, Pete Smith, actually, when he was at Loxton. Yeah, yep. he was tough as well. Yeah, he always had some good battles with those guys. Excellent. Thanks for joining us, mate. Hopefully we've uh, made the local population up here a little bit wiser about, about Damien Stevens. And, um, yeah, thank you for sharing thank your story, you. mate. No, thank you very much for coming. You're probably sick of hearing me talking, to be honest. But, um, no, thank you. It's great. Thanks for coming down here and, um, yeah, talking away creepy. It was excellent. No worries, mate. All the best. Thank you.